those who say that they know Him must walk as He walked. Those who worship the Lord worship in spirit and truth. Those who say that they know Him must walk as He walked. He is the way and the truth, and in Him. It is time for me to say good morning to all of you this morning. Hopefully you are ready for a fantastic day, whatever your day holds. And uh, I just want to encourage you in that day. Uh, We are in the fourth chapter of Ephesians. We're picking up this morning uh, at verse 7 and going to work our way down through verse 16, hopefully uh, within... uh, a reasonable amount of time, uh, and God's gifts uh, for godly gain uh, for God's church uh, really is what the title that I've given this morning because God has given us uh, certain types of gifts, people as gifts, and uh, this morning I want us to consider what some of this has to mean to us uh, and what the goal is ultimately. The goal is that we would all be built up and that we would all be encouraged and um, in the body of Christ. And there are all kinds of different ways that that happens, uh, a variety of different ways. I, I have got my place that I serve, and when I stay in my lane and I stay faithful to my lane, it's a good thing. Uh, and it's the same in any other lane. Uh, when I say lane, I'm talking about an area of service, that when you stay faithful in your area of service, the uh, the kingdom of uh, Christ is built up, the, the, the body is strengthened, uh, and uh, people are blessed, uh, and people grow. Um, but it isn't all just about you know the consumerism that sometimes is rampant in American Christianity. Uh, 
it can actually be a very good and godly thing when when it's functioning as it needs to. And so we're going to pick up this morning in verse 7. Let me read that verse for you. It says, uh, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. I mean, he's given grace. He has measured out grace. He has measured out um, the gifts the way that he wants them to, to go. And I have certain gifts. You have certain gifts. So that there's grace uh, grace in overcoming. Uh, some, some of us have more struggles, more trials, more difficulties, because apparently God believes that you can handle more of those struggles and more of those trials, and, and it is making you a stronger person. Uh, some of us, we have different types of trials, different types of struggles. We have the struggles of uh, things not going right or the struggles of finance or the struggles of health or the struggles of relationship or you know any number, any number of struggles, but God will give us the grace to get through what those struggles are in our lives. To each one, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. But then there is also the aspect of grace that is given uh, in terms of spiritual gifts and spiritual abilities and things that you can do. And Some are, might not classify as spiritual gifts and abilities, but technically any ability, any skill you have as an ability or skill that God has given to you, uh, even though it might not classify, and I put that I'll put that in quotations, classifies a spiritual gift, but to realize all skill, even the skill sets come from God. Like my friend Roger, who was able to make wonderful, wonderful things like this, this beautiful pen set here. You know, he made these pens. I mean, he didn't fashion the metals, but the wood uh, and the holder. I mean, I, I could attempt to do something like that. I wouldn't enjoy it. Not even for a second. I'm just going to say it, but he's so good at it. And I've got pens. I've got that pen. I've got another pen that looks like this. It's a lovely pen, bullet tip pen, and and kind of a. I don't know if you can see it there, but he has those skills. Some have musical skills, uh, which may also sometimes be spiritual gifts, giftings. Some have administrative gifts and skills and abilities. Some are tremendous encouragers. Some have uh, the, the gifts of uh, making money and, and, and then being uh, very altruistic with that money, uh, very generous with that money. Uh, some have that ability. We, we each have grace that God has given to us. Some have uh, the grace behind a camera. Some have the grace in front of a camera. Uh, some have the grace to be able to teach others and work with children. Some have the grace of just graciousness and making people feel welcome. All those things are true of, of different people. So what it says to us in verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned. I mean, we could say, well, God has given me grace. And just to think about the fact God has given me grace, but then to think about, okay, what measure of grace has God given to you? And what does God want you to do with that grace? Uh, that that's a question. I mean, you you have the grace, and what what are you to do with that grace? I believe I'm doing what I am to do with with the grace that God has given to me. I, that's why I've gone back to five days a week doing this plus Sunday, because that is God's grace to me given to me. There are other things that I don't do nearly as well, but this is one of them. 
And, uh, you know, perhaps someday this will really take off. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But th- this is the gift that God has given to me. So to think about what, if you could fill in the, the question, what grace, how, how is Christ apportioned grace to me? Or what gift has God given to me? What skills has God given to me? And how am I using those for the body of Christ? Um, and then verse 8 gets into kind of a, a tricky, uh, a few tricky verses. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. So the, the captives, those who had formerly been in captivity, are no longer in captivity and gave gifts to men. Uh, those gifts could be the spiritual gifts that we've been talking about for the last few minutes. Uh, and also, there are going to be other gifts that we're going to look at down in verse 11, but but that he gave gifts to men. What does it mean that he ascended, uh, except also that he descended to the lower earthly regions? He descended. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, in order to fill the whole universe. I mean, Paul is using language here to help us think about the fact that uh, that Christ is beyond, that Christ transcends, that that Christ is uh, is the all in all. This is what he is saying here in verse ten. Now, I want to go over into the the New Living Translation for just a moment, and we will take a look to see uh, what this says. Uh, verse 7 says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ, or several gifts perhaps, but a mixture of gifts for the for the glory of Christ, for the good of the body. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. I mean, those that, that have died have gone on with him. Then it goes on in verse 9. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. Uh, so he descended. He came to us. He took on flesh. This would harken back to John chapter 1 where he took on flesh and came among his own, and yet his own did not receive him. And Then verse 10 here, and the same One who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Christ to be all in all. Now, now this phrase to fill the entire universe with himself, that doesn't mean that God is in a tree. That doesn't mean that God is in a flower. It doesn't mean that, that, you know, God is in a rock. It doesn't mean that God is in a stream. Now, God's ability... Uh, to sustain all things, his power to sustain all things are in all things in that way. But some people take take it so far as to say, well, Christ is in a tree. We should never cut down a tree because Christ is in that tree. No, this is not what it means. Uh, or we shouldn't, uh, you know, swat a fly because God might be in that fly. No, this is not what that means. That's called pantheism, uh, and which is a false teaching. God is not in in all things in that way, but when it says so that he might fill the universe with himself, it means that, that everything finds its uh, ultimate purpose, its ultimate meaning in Christ, 
uh, and for us to to think about when when Christ will be the all in all over all creation and over all mankind, and when every knee will bow to Him, that He will will reign supreme, that He will be preeminent. Uh, this is what this means in this way. Now, let me take us into the message here, and let's see how the paraphrase uh, takes this, just to see if there's some insight we gain. Now, now I. Transition from multiple versions for a reason. Uh, some are translations, some are paraphrases, because I want you to learn how to utilize ver- a variety of translations and paraphrases to try to capture the full meaning of God's word. Now, someone asked me the other day, they said, Well, in this translation it says this, but in this translation it says this. How do you know which one is right? And I said, Aha. This this is this is the answer. We don't have the ability to translate verbatim from Aramaic, from Greek, and from Hebrew the intent of of everything that they are saying. And so, as a variety of scholars look at word placement, uh, in fact, if you were to take the Greek text and um, translate it and write it word for word and just leave it in that order, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to us, actually, because their syntax, the way their grammar worked was was far different. Translators had to move the words around because we tend to have a, a subject and a verb and, and, and then another subject. Greek language didn't function like that, and so translators would look and go, well, we think this is what it means, or we think this is what it means, but by and large, it does not change the the, the broadest meanings of all the words, uh, and some tr- translators will look at a certain set of manuscripts, other translators look at another tr- set of transcripts, but by and large, through and through, the entirety of the scripture uh, gives us all that, that God would want us to have, and and some of those areas of discrepancy uh, really don't change the reality. I think the person was asking me, and I, I know who it was who was asking me, was asking one place it says forgive seven times seven, another place says 70 times seven, which one is it? And, and why is it different? And that's when I was giving the, the explanation of some of the challenges of translating at times. Now, let's look at the the paraphrase is a little bit different here because uh, it isn't a translation. It, it, it is a translation, but then it kind of goes beyond that to try to make it even friendlier. Verse 7, it doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same, this idea of unity that was in the earlier verses. Uh, out, of, out of the generosity of Christ, each one of us is given his own gift. So there's diversity in the body, diversity of giftings, diversities of abilities, uh, diversities of ways of thought, and we need to learn how to embrace those things. Verse 8, the the text for this is, he climbed the high mountain, he captured the enemy, he seized the booty, he handed it all out in gifts to people. Now, Eugene Peterson is taking this in the sense that when he released us from our captor, uh, he gave us, he then gave us gifts. He, 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 he released us. He delivered us. He, he brought us out of captivity and gave us gifts so that we would be a blessing. It's true, is it not? The one who climbed up also climbed down, down to the valley of the earth. 
And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below and filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. Now, I will stop there before we get into verse 11. But just to to think about all the gifts that, that the deliverance of Christ brought to us, that you've been given gifts, I've been given gifts. You are a gift to me. I am a gift to you. Uh, we are a gift to the body. We are a gift to the world. And, and for us to come back and say, what difference will we make in the world? What difference will we make in, in communicating Christ? What difference will we make in uh, in, in, in making Christ known? Um, the gifts that we've been given. Now, I, I do want to get into verse 11 here uh, and uh because it does talk about some things, and I'm probably going to look at my phone some to to read an article or, or aspects of an article to think about uh, what these verses have to say to us. He handed out gifts. Now, he, here are specific gifts. Gifts of apostle, gifts of prophet, gifts of evangelist, gifts of pastors, and gifts of teachers. Now, Peterson puts it pastor-teacher in the same vein, but that is inaccurate. Let me go back to the NIV 84. Let me pull it up to the top of the screen so you can see it. Uh, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the reason, verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. The, The implication of verse 12 is this. If we are all not doing our work, the body of Christ is not fully built up. I'll say that again. If we're not all doing our work, the body of Christ is not fully built up. I'll say it again. If we are not all doing our work, the work that God has given you to do, the body of Christ will not be fully built up. Uh, Someone asked me the other day, uh, just yesterday, in fact, they said, well, help me understand about you know, our Sunday school classes and do we have enough workers and whatnot? And I said, uh, well, you know, other people have the answers to that better than I do. Uh, I my I said, but my perception is, and then I clarified later on when the person, the people in charge were available, they said, yeah, the, the problem is we don't have enough people uh, to, to do all that we want to do with our kids' ministry. And the problem is that church has become so convenient for people, show up, not show up, uh, you know, it's convenient. Well, it doesn't work for me this this week, and well, you you know, um, just can't do that willy nilly. Uh, and, and there's a lot of willy nilly. Uh, sometimes it happens in churches, and uh, we do not live any longer in the day when to go to church, be involved in the church, meant you were there all the time. Which I think is actually healthy that we've gotten away from that, but we swung the other direction in, in the sense of uh, now it's like. If I'm there once every five weeks, I kind of figure I'm doing okay. Or people who will make commitments and then back out of the commitments. And the church suffers in the sense of we cannot do everything that God calls us to do unless everybody steps up into the place that God is calling them to serve. So we have to find that area of service, which 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 is the appropriate area for you to serve. Now, this particular verse, verse 11, talks about apostles, 
It talks about prophets. It talks about evangelists. It talks about pastors. And it talks about um, pastors. If you will look at that passage, how many uh, how many um, gifts are listed in that passage? Uh, that that is the that is a question uh, that I would have for you. If you count them, there are five, um, and there is something called a pest. Now that it's not talking about me being a pest to you. But if you take apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, shepherds, and teachers uh, in that way, uh, a pest, so it, all it is is a little acrostic of the words that are found there. Uh, and what some have done in our day is that they have said, well, only certain of these are for today. Uh, and so the church suffers, actually, if, if we take that view some of it comes down to the definition of terms and how the terms are used uh, and how the terms are understood. Um, so apest is apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, shepherds, and teachers. Apostles. I'm going to read this from, from this site, uh, from this article. Apostles extend the gospel as the sent ones. They ensure that the faith is transmitted from one context to another, from one generation uh, to the next. They're always thinking about the future. They're bridging barriers, establishing the church in new contexts, developing leaders, networking translocally. In other words, not only locally, but beyond the locale. Uh, yes, if you focus solely on initiating new ideas and rapid expansion, you can leave people and or organizations wounded. The shepherding and teaching functions are needed to ensure people are cared for rather than simply used. But in this descript of the word apostle, the idea is the extension of the gospel. Um, now, in some ecclesiologies, that's a large word for understandings of the church, some, some theology, some theological frameworks. Apostle means something different than that. Apostle means somebody who, uh, you know, is gifted to lay hands on people and they're healed. Uh, they're gifted to, uh, they're the most gifted in the church. So they, they hold ultimate authority under Jesus, of course, uh, ultimate authority in the church uh, that when the apostle speaks, people need to listen. And, and there are churches uh, that, that tends to be the Pentecostal uh, understanding uh, of the word apostle, but we do not interpret it in that way. I do not interpret it in that way because I think, and, and, and those scholars who uh, view this aspect of apostleship as still in uh, function for today, View it as people who are gifted to expand the gospel, people who are gifted to network Christians together for for godly ends, and uh, you know that that Christ would be preached. Uh, and I do take it in the same way uh, as that, and that is their goal, that is their role. And um, what we tend to do is is we want a pastor to be all of these things, and pastors cannot be all of these things. 
within my heart of hearts, this this is the direction I tend to lean the most. Uh, this is where where I find I feel like I am most fulfilled, and and when I try to squeeze myself into a different role, I I, I feel defeated actually, uh, and uh, so apostles apostles are a necessary part of the expansion of the church. They're the ones that will talk about church planting. Uh, they're the ones that will talk about well, we need to all get together and figure out how to pray together and work together. Uh, they're the ones that are saying, how are we going to train leaders? That's what they do. And so you can't just have apostles because as it says here in this article, uh, if, if you solely focus on the new ideas and the expansion, you can leave people and oh, organizations uh, wounded because they maybe don't feel cared for. This is where some of the other gifts come into play. Prophets. Prophets are people who have the sense of ability to discern God's will. Uh, they are particularly attuned to God and his truth for today from the word of God. Uh, they bring correction and challenge the dominant assumptions we inherit from culture. And sometimes they challenge the dominant uh, assumptions that we have within the Christian culture. Sometimes within Christian culture, we have assumptions that that we hold on to that uh, that when you look begin looking at Scripture, you realize our assumptions maybe are actually somewhat limited. Uh, they insist that the community obey what God has commanded. They question the status quo. But without the other types of leaders in place, prophets can become belligerent activists or uh, paradoxi- paradoxically, they can disengage from the imperfection of reality and become otherworldly. In other words, so so heavenly-minded of no earthly good. Uh, or, or again, Prophets can become people who just become bullies, and and they bully people into submission, and they bully people into, we've got to do it. I understand it. I mean, there there is a, a, a Pentecostal sense of, of prophet in the sense people who, who have visions and dreams and see things, and we're not meaning it in this way. We're meaning prophets who understand from Scripture. They discern, we, we really have a sense this is where God is leading us to go in this direction really attuned to God, really understand the application of Scripture, uh, and they're not afraid to bring correction, not afraid to bring the challenge from Scripture to people and say, but this is what God says, and why aren't we doing these things? So we need people who who, who don't just make us feel comfortable, but sometimes make us feel uncomfortable. E, the evangelist, it's talked about here in verse 11 again. Evangelist, recruit. Uh, they're infectious communicators of the gospel, uh, and, and they're able just to, to share the gospel, lead people to Christ. Uh, uh, I talked one of the last two Sundays about one of our dear saints here, uh, Nancy Sampson, in our church. Uh, you know, one of our uh, senior saints, dear senior saint. She just she just does it. She has that ability to speak uh, as an evangelist. Uh, one of our elders that has moved uh, to the south, down to uh, Virginia also was one that just just shared Christ. He was an evangelist, recruiter in that way. They call for personal response to God's redemption in Christ. We all have a responsibility to be communicators of the gospel, but evangelists are, are just gifted at being able to plant the seed and, and, and close the deal. They're just so gifted at that. But they can be so focused on reaching those outside the church that maturing and strengthening those inside get neglected. 
sometimes that is the MO of some churches that we just keep preaching the gospel and we all need to hear the gospel all the time, but we keep drawing, you know, calling people to salvation. But what about sanctification? What about growth? What about growing into becoming what God wants us to become? Sometimes uh, an evangelistically focused church stops short of helping people grow up. So we have uh, a pot, we have a, Apostles, we have prophets, we have evangelists, you have shepherds. Shepherds are those who nurture and protect. They're the caregivers of the community. They focus on the protection and spiritual maturity of God's flock. They cultivate a loving and spiritually mature network of relationships, and they make and develop disciples. Shepherds value stability to the detriment of missions sometimes. They may also foster an unhealthy dependence between the church and the pastor or the church and the shepherd. Well, we need the pastor to do all these things. No, people need to learn that there's things. And we will look at these verses here momentarily. Uh, I might have to come back to this passage tomorrow. And then there are teachers. They understand and explain. They're communicators of God's truth and wisdom. They help others remain biblically grounded. They, they help communicate God's word in a way that is understandable. They guide others toward wisdom. They help the community remain faithful to Christ's word and they help them to construct transferable teaching, transferable doctrine. Without the input of the other functions, though, teachers can fall into dogmatism or dry intellectualism. They may fail to see the personal or missional aspects of the church's ministry. So this is APES. This was developed by a guy by the name of Alan Hirsch, uh, and I was exposed to this uh, packaging of thinking of this verse oh, probably 13, 14 years ago, perhaps, just to think about how the church needs to have all the gifts functioning in this way. The church needs apostles pushing us to expand. The church needs prophets helping us to, to you know, calling us to stay true to God's word. The, the, uh, the church needs evangelists helping us to spread the gospel uh, locally and within, you know, within the body of Christ to the non-believing world around us. Uh, the, the church needs those that are teachers to help us clearly understand the Word of God and it needs pastors to care for us. Uh, but what's happened is we've taken all five of those and kind of rolled them into the term pastor, and so now the pastor is viewed as being one that's supposed to do all of these things. That was never God's intent. God gave five different giftings to his people uh, so that so that his people would would grow into all that they are supposed to be. Notice what it says in verse 12. He gave all these gifts to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. All five things help us toward this end. And we have to ask ourselves, are we growing in the unity and the faith? Are we growing in our knowledge of the Son of God? Are we becoming more mature? Are we beginning to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Now, what, what happens? I'm going to have to come back to this tomorrow because uh, I, I don't want to go super, super long uh, today. Um, but are we becoming more like Christ? I mean, that, that, that can be the question. Uh, are we taking on the full measure of Christ? Uh, 
Is our character more like Christ? Are our priorities more like Christ? Uh, are we all reaching unity in the faith? Are, are, are we growing in the knowledge of the Son of God? Um, those things. I mean, these things for us to ponder, uh, things for us to consider, things for us to uh, evaluate within our own lives, but not only within our own lives, within the life of the church. Unity in the faith. Unity takes a lot of work. Unity takes a lot of forgiveness. Uh, unity takes a lot of understanding. Unity takes a lot of communication. Uh, unity takes uh, a, a lot of humility. Uh, unity takes uh, putting yourself out there for someone else. Unity takes putting your own ways aside for someone else. And, and, and we are to reach this unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God to attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Well, hopefully you are growing. Uh, we, we're gonna, we'll, we'll continue this section tomorrow. Uh, I don't want us to go long. I, I want you to think about what is your role? What has God called you to do? What, uh, where do you plug in consistently? Uh, and, I mean, yeah, churches sometimes say it all has to happen within the walls, you need to be able to answer the question how you're serving Christ either inside the walls or outside the walls or a combination of both. Uh, I mean, we we need more Sunday school teachers. We need more Sunday school assistants. Absolutely need it. Uh, we need more people in the lobby uh, greeting people and welcoming people and, and extending a hand and saying hello. Um, we, we need more people who would help with outreach events and say, that's my thing, that's my area, and I love to create fantastic events. Um, many other areas where we need people, all kinds of areas where people, we need people to continue, you know, the coffee is a great, speaking of coffee, I probably need a sip. I've only had a, a sip today. making coffee, right? greeting people, uh, helping with events, uh, all kinds of things, all kinds of ways that, that, that people can serve inside the church. Um, but then there are ways to look at serving outside the church as well. I, and there, we serve Christ wherever we live, and some are called to serve outside the walls of the church. And, and But the key is for us to know what God has called us to do and uh, to uh, to go after it, to do it. Now, Claire talks about something here. God put a burden in my heart for the salvation of my Filipino friends. Salvation of people comes about through prayerfulness. It comes about through the opportunity of hearing the gospel. Um, wouldn't it be cool if this little church here in Moral, Maine, uh, could offer a Filipino service? And maybe it's only once a month, but, uh, you know, I don't speak Filipino, but maybe you, you do something like that. Uh, Jacob and I were talking about that. You know, there are uh, people in our church keep running into more Hispanic people, Hispanic-speaking uh, people. who say, what if we had a Hispanic uh, group here or a multi-ethnic? But 
that those people would be reached, not just so that we have, oh, it's cool this church has multi-ethnic or it's cool this church has Filipino or it's cool this church has um, Hispanic, but that people are being reached for Jesus Christ and the church is being established. That would be the thought. That would be the goal. Well, friends, I'm going to stop there today. Uh, I'm going to get you into your day. the, The question for you to ponder is, where is my area of service for which God has gifted me, to which God has called me, Uh, And what are you doing about that, whether it's inside the walls of the church or outside the walls of the church? And how is that serving to build up the body of Christ? That's a question for you to ponder, to think about, and and then to say, Lord, help me to serve. APEST, you can look up Alan Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H, if you want to, APEST, or put the APEST, A-P-E-S-T, test in there or do a little bit more reading in that area, because I think it is very helpful. Uh, some of us would tend to, to run away when we see some of those words because we, we think of you know, uh, Pentecostalism, uh, and yet there are that is exactly it, Fran, uh, as Fran has in the comments there. Um, and Alan, A-L-A-N. Uh, but to think about... Uh, a different application of those words and the necessity of them for our day that we all might grow to become all that Christ wants us to become. Well, Lord, we we give you the day today. We ask you to help us walk with you, to rejoice in you, that, Lord, when you say yes, we rejoice. When you say no, we rejoice. When you say wait, we rejoice. And that, Lord, we, we go about wanting to serve you uh, as we live our lives. We look to you. Uh, we trust in you. Help us to glorify you with our thoughts. Help us to glorify you with our words. Help you. Help us to glorify you with our actions today. All for the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I'm going to get you on into your day. Have a fantastic day, everyone. I will see you again tomorrow.